Nehemiah Perik Dalit. Nehemiah Perik Dalit speaks about essentially the enemy's reaction to Bnei Israel building the wall, uh, the taunts that they did, and Nehemiah's reaction to those enemies, how he prepared, um, and how he was ready to face the enemies that proposed a challenge to building of the wall. Essentially, if you noted, we finished the wall in Perik Gimel. Uh, so Perik Gimel spoke about basically completing the entire wall. Uh, but we returned at the end of the Perik, if you remember, to saying that the wall was halfway done. Uh, so this Perik is continuing off the last Pasuk, Pasuk Gimel, halfway. And basically, the events recorded within of the enemies. Uh, taunting Bnei Israel and threatening Bnei Israel are happening in tandem with the building of the wall. So as we'll see in the first Pasuk, uh, this is going on as the wall got more and more completed and as they neared the finishing of the wall to when it's actually a protective measure, a strong wall, uh, the enemies got more and more threatening, more and more disturbed by the fact that the wall was going on. Uh, so the escalation in the enemies is directly related to the escalation in the building of the wall and the near completion of the wall. Pasuk And it was when Sabbavat and Tobiah and the Arvim and the Amonim and the Ashdodim heard that the walls of Yerushalayim were being healed for the breaches had begun to close, they grew extremely angry. So as we mentioned in the introduction, as the walls began to close, the breaches began to close, uh, they got more and more angry and began to get very disturbed at the building of the wall. Pasuk Bet. They all gathered together to come to fight against Yerushalayim and to cause its destruction. We, trans- we translated To'ah as destruction. There's several different explanations that the Mepharshim give for To'ah here. Essentially, they're all relating it to To'ah with a tet, which means mistake. Other Mepharshim translate To'ah as confuse or provoke, essentially to cause the Jewish people to perhaps start an attack or get confused among themselves, get worried about the enemies. Others explain lull them into a false sense of security, uh, that they wouldn't be expecting the enemies and then go attack all at once. But all of the Mitharshim are relating the word to'ah here with the taf, the word to'ah with the tent between the stake and their various pirushim come from that explanation. Pasuk Gimel. And we pray to our God and we establish the guard of him night and day because of them. Uh, there's two pronouns in this pasuk. When Amin Mishmarlehem established a guard over them, either referring to over the cities to protect or over the enemies to watch them. Yuman Valadim Pinehem, because of the enemies, because of the situation that the enemies put us in, we established this guard. Pasuk Dalit. Yomani Yehuda. Kashal Koa Hasaval Vehaafar Harbeh. And the people of Yehuda said, The strength of the bearer has failed, and there is much dirt, and we can't continue to build the wall. Essentially, in this pasuk, Nehemiah is relating that the people of Yehuda tasked with this double duty now of being guarding day and night as well as building the wall uh, simply didn't have the strength to continue. The strength of the bearer, the people carrying the equipment to and fro the wall, uh, was just there wasn't enough people, there wasn't enough strength to continue to do so. The Ha'afar had been, there was so much dirt left to be built into the wall, there was still so much material that needed to be transported and packed into the wall uh, that it was just an impossible situation for them to 
to continue. And the people of Yudah complained, continues in Pasuke. And our enemies are saying, they shall not know and they shall not see until we come inside of them and kill them. And we shall stop the construction. Here, Nehemiah is relating what the people of Yehuda were saying about what the enemies are saying. So essentially, the people of B'nai Israel are saying, our enemies are saying they won't even know, they won't even see us until it's too late. We're already inside the camp and we'll kill them all. And so you really get a sense of how worried the people of Yehuda was. This was they were talking to one each other. Our enemies are saying they're going to come and kill us without us even seeing. Uh, the way I translated this pasuk is according to the Rabbag and Malbim. However, according to Rashi and Darid, uh, this pasuk is actually just focused on what the enemy is saying. So what pasuk Dalit was saying, We have no more strength. And Pesuk saying, and the enemy saying, on the other hand, B'nai Israel won't see when we go in and attack them. Uh, so basically the question here, the Mahog between the Fashim, is Pesuk a continuation of what Yehuda is saying? Or a separate statement about what the enemies of B'nai Israel are saying? Uh, Pesuk Vav. And it was that the Jews that lived amongst them came to us and told us ten times all the places from which they were coming to turn onto us. So this Pasuk is directly contrasting what the enemies thought in Pasuk. The enemies thought they would be able to come and attack without the Jews knowing. Here Nehemiah is saying we actually had essentially informants, Jews who were living amongst the enemies, uh, meaning they were living on the outskirts of Yushalayim, perhaps not necessarily in the city, and came and told the Jews multiple times they had continuous warning and information of the whereabouts of the enemies and the plan of attack they chose to have. There's actually several different ways to interpret as to what the Jews, the informants, came and told Nehemiah and the rest of the Jews. Uh, the way we translated was according to the Rabbag. We call him a Kabbat to all the places from which the enemy would attack. Ibn Ezra explains, we call him a Kabbat all the places which you return to at night. They're going to fall upon us, meaning they're, they're planning to attack the places where the people sleep or they go to at night as opposed to the places where they're on the day, meaning building the wall on top of the wall in the areas where they were. Uh, they're planning attack in the houses of the citizens. Rashi has yet another pirush, basically interpreting the pasuk at missing one word. And that's gather. Essentially, the Pasuk is gathered together from all the places which you are in order to protect yourselves against the imminent attack of the enemy. Pasuk Zayin. And I set up from underneath the place behind the wall on the cliffs, and I arranged the people by their families together with their swords, spears, and bows. Uh, this pursuit basically starts the defensive position that Hamiyah takes. What's clear is that they're behind the wall on some sort of cliffs. Vamid Bitahdiot isn't too clear. He placed them underneath. It can perhaps be referring to underneath the wall that the walls were built on some sort of hill and they stood behind the wall on lower ground. Pasuk 
וירא ועקום ואמר אל החורים ואל הסיגנים ואל יתר העם אל תראו מפניהם את אדוני הגדול והנורא זכרו והילחמו על אחיכם בניכם ובנותיכם נשיכם ובתיכם. And they saw and they arose and I said to the aristocrats to the nobles and to the rest of the people don't be fearful from them remember the great and awesome Lord and fight over your brothers your sons your daughters your wives and your homes. The Pasuk here starts Vaireh, and I saw, it doesn't say exactly what Nehemiah saw. Uh, some want to interpret that when he, whenever he would see the enemy approaching, he would give up and give a rousing speech. Others understand that he saw the situation, he observed when the people were fearful and in need of chizuk, in need of strengthening, he would give a, give a rousing words to help spell their fear away and make them more courageous in the face of the war. Nehemiah stresses two things in this Pasuk, and I think we've seen these themes um, in the first three Prakim as well. Uh, number one, obviously fighting, remember Hashem, remember you're fighting for Hashem. He's the one who you should be fearing, not the enemy. And if Hashem would be, it will all be okay. And the second is, fight for your families. Uh, we saw a couple of things that indicated that this was a very important theme in Nehemiah's defenses. First of all, we, we saw in the last Pasuk, the families were split up. amongst their own families when they were doing battle. So people would be defending the, their area where they lived. They would be defending their own people. They would be fighting together with their brothers and other family members. Uh, so Nehemiah was clearly trying to instill this feeling of, of togetherness, of we're all in this for everyone else around me. This is our home. This is our people. Um, this is my family. And this is what we're fighting to protect. Pasuktet. ויהי כאשר שמעו אויבינו כי נודע לנו ויפר האלוהים את עצתם ונשוב כולנו אל החומה איש המלאכתו And it was that our, when our enemies heard that their plan was known to us and that God had ruined their plan we all returned to the wall every man to his work As we saw in Pesuk K the enemy's plan was to come upon the Jews with surprise and suddenly and at one shot wipe out the Jews to be able to stop the construction of the wall. Once they were aware by seeing all the protective measures and plans that the Jews had put in place, that the Jews had heard about the plans, they recognized that they essentially were not going to be able to surprise them, that the Jews were ready for them, and they stopped their advances, stopped their attacks, and it enabled Nehemiah and the rest of the Jews to go back full-time to building the wall. We'll see that Nehemiah still puts in defensive measures and they're still ready for battle, uh, but essentially it's not quite at the same state. Uh, people aren't full-time being guards now, and we'll see exactly how Nehemiah splits up uh, the guard and building duty from this point forward. One interesting question is why the enemies were so concerned with catching the Jews by surprise, and once the Jews knew that they wanted to attack, uh, or maybe they knew more specifically their attack plans, why they backed off and no longer wished to attack the Jews. If you remember, Nehemiah is coming with the permission of the Persian king, Uh, so that definitely might come into play. If there's a planned attack, um, they know that perhaps the Jews might have the Persian support, in which case obviously would not end well for the enemies. It may also simply have been a number game, perhaps in Yerushalayim and the surrounding areas. Uh, the Jews were simply outnumbered or were more powerful than the enemies, especially perhaps if you combine the fact that they had 
at least somewhat of a wall protecting them and that they knew that on a fair battle they didn't they were not going to win but either way you choose it definitely seems clear that the enemies were not planning on attacking the jews um if they were not able to have some sort of trick and catch them by surprise and there was from that day forward, half of my servants were working on the wall, and half were holding spears, shields, bow, and armor, with the Lord's backing all the people of Yehuda. So as we see with the threat no longer so imminent, Nehemiah splits the people in half. No longer are all the people going to be building as was originally done before the threat were known. No longer are all the people going to be holding weapons and ready for battle as was after the threat was known. Now it's sort of half neutralized. Half the people were going to be working and half were going to stay armed and equipped and ready for battle. The end of the Pasuk, could be understood in a few different ways. She understands that the lords, the Sarim, the important people, came and supported the people in the building of the wall and the battling. The read brings that perhaps they were supporting words of encouragement, backing the people and supporting them to continue the building. Others understand to me that they held back and were essentially the backbone um, of war. They were the ones most well equipped and most well trained, so they held back and were ready to go to war if necessary, sort of protecting the people and by their sides, right behind them, to go ahead and take on any attacks that might come forward. The builders of the wall and the ones carrying the weights, with one hand he would do the work, and with the other he would be holding the sword. The half of the people that were not holding the weapons and were actually building the wall, we see that they were actually working with one hand and were ready at the go with the sword in the other hand. And Nusim Basevil Omasim is a little repetitive. Essentially, Nusim is carry, Omasim is also to bear or to carry as well. Sword here is Shalach, not Cherev. Well, Bim explains that Shalach was a double-edged sword. Uh, the reason why double-edged sword specifically was needed here is because since they only had one hand, uh, the other hand was working, the sword needed to be accessible from any area and immediately ready for use, and only a double-edged sword would be much more efficient for that purpose. And the builders, each man had his sword tied on his waist and would build. And the blower of the shofar was next to me. Here Nehemiah goes and qualifies the statement he said earlier in the last Pasuk. So in the last Pasuk we talked about the half of the people that were building in the wall. And within those half... Many people who were carrying and lifting heavy loads, they would consistently hold the sword in their hand. Uh, Since they were doing very labor-intensive, they needed hands to pick up to carry, and they wouldn't be readily accessible to their sword. They had to carry it in their hand the entire time. The builders who were not doing carrying such large items and perhaps had more access to their hands were able to keep the sword on their way since it was easy for them to remove it at any moment. Nehemiah also says that he had one who had a shofar ready at to go next to him. And we'll see the next few Pesukim exactly what the purpose of that was for. Pesukud Gimel. And 
And I said to the aristocrats, to the nobles, and to the rest of the people, there's a lot of work, it's extensive, and we're spread out on the wall far from one another. Nehemiah here essentially is laying out the problem. They're building a wall around the city. Obviously that means that there's many areas which are being built in a wide circle that need to have focus on and the people are spread out amongst the wall. And obviously for defensive purposes, uh, a spread out people is not going to propose much of defense. Really, you need to have people unified to put up a stand, a one front in order to deter the enemy. So, Pasuk at the place where you hear the sound of the Safar, there you should gather, and their God will fight for us. It's safe to assume that other people besides the person standing next to Nehemiah had Shofars as well. Otherwise, this plan wouldn't work out too well if Nehemiah wasn't at the area where there was an attack. And even in Nehemiah's battle plans, when he's describing the way they're going together, he wants everyone to keep in mind that Hashem will be the one fighting. Uh, even as we're going through the preparations and the, the actual plans for war, keep in mind that it's not us, it's all thanks to Hashem. Pasuk Tevav. And we were doing the work, and half of them were holding the spears from dawn until nightfall. Nehemiah essentially stating his plan was put into, to put into action. The people continued the work on the wall, well, half of the people stayed with the, holding the armor, holding the spears, the heavy weaponry, and protected while the rest of the people worked. Pasuk Tezayin. Gam ba'aytahi amarti la'am ish v'na'aro yavinu b'toch Yerushalayim v'hayu lanu halayla mishmar v'hayom melacha. And at that time, I also told the people, each man and his servants should sleep inside the city, and the night will be for us for a guard, and the day for work. Nehemiah couldn't afford to lose a minute of any man. He needed everyone on full time uh, to be able to work as well as keep guard and protect the city. Uh, so his plan was at night, everyone should sleep within the city. Uh, so everyone was at night in the city together ready for an attack and that they could assume the work. If there were people specifically designated to keep watch at night, um, and went home during the day, that would lose out on them. They would need to sleep during the day, and they would lose out on the building. Uh, Nehemiah's plan needed to maximize every person uh, to complete the wall. Pasuk Yitzayin. And me, my brothers and my servants, and the watchmen who were with me, did not take over our clothes even to go to the water. Here, as the Hamiyah was talking about the demands he asked for the people, he wants it to be clear that it wasn't because he was taking any luxuries for himself. And we'll see him mention this a bit later on with regards to the food and, and the money that he, that he allocated. Uh, it's clear that a priority for Nehemiah was not being an elitist and not being one above the people. It's clear that he wanted to make sure that he was together with the people, within the fight for them, sharing the same struggles and living as, as a citizen with his his fellow brothers. It is interesting to note that this is the thing that Chachamim are upset at Nehemiah for. Um, essentially, we'll see, he says several times, where he seems to be sort of stating his own accomplishments or his own deeds too much, and Chachamim aren't too happy for him. Uh, so an interesting twist on Nehemiah 
stating that he, the acts that he did and the, the things that he did to be together with the people. The last three words of this pasuk, we translated not even to this robe for water. Uh, there are several different explanations for what that means. Rashi interprets that they didn't even take off their clothes to wash them. Uh, they constantly stayed on their clothes and were always in a state of preparation, didn't want to lose any minutes to to be in a vulnerable position where they're washing their clothes. Uh, others, Bag explains that except when crossing a water, meaning every other time, no matter what they were doing, they're always in a state of preparation, uh, ready for battle. Ibn Ezra here means Shulcha, explains Shulcha as sword. Ishulcha Hamayim, they had their sword at the ready, even when they were drinking or bathing, they would always have their sword at the ready to fight. This panic marks the end of the description of the preparations, the battle preparations that Nehemiah had. There is no actual confrontation in Nehemiah. Uh, this is essentially as close as we'll get. The, the enemies will still come up. It won't be in uh, a physical imminent battle threat sort of way that it was in this panic. Once the wall had finished, it seems the Jews had enough protection. They were well established enough. The wall was a strong enough deterrent that imminent battle was not a threat anymore. And we'll see there were other issues that were dealt with, uh, but no longer is the physical protection seem to be a priority.